Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Flyers' last game was postponed, so obviously there's very little to talk about. Nothing going on that's got Flyers' Twitter in a tizzy for the last couple days. Not like the former GM and best player of all time has ripped the other former GM and you know made us all think we could have had the new Bobby Orr. None of that's happening. Uh, it's just real mellow in Flyerland these days. Yeah, uh, well, we got a lot to get to. We're gonna get to the Clark stuff. We're gonna answer some questions. We're gonna do all of it. Uh, but we got a we're on a bit of a time crunch, so let's just get right to it. Let's leave it off with from the failing new york times charlie o'connor love it love that you pulled that out bill definitely appreciate it um obviously that's a reference to the fact that last week it's been a busy time around i guess my life but yeah the the athletic was purchased by the new york times um or is going to be it's not fully finalized but we will be a subsidiary of the new york times so now Bill can make fun of me for being a writer for the failing New York Times. Um, Woo! One thing that uh, that I do find funny is, Bill, with your intro, um, the, when you start out with, like, how's everybody doing? And then you say, great. I'm about certain that at this point, like, 98% of people are responding with, awful! <laughs> well, that's, like, uh, I start every post game with it, and, like, I'm done just being, like, well, that sucks, like, because it's every game. So yeah. I'm just going back to, well, that, like, you got to find something else to affect your mood. It can't be this team. Otherwise, like, you need to be on medicine. Yeah. Yeah, things things are dismal, folks. <laughs> it's, it's just... I am, in fact, on medicine, <laughs> and I still don't want to watch this team. <laughs> I... It, that means you're, it's working. Like <laughs> I think so. I think it's like, you know what? We're working real hard on your mental health here. Let's preserve it. <laughs> and that was Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. Um, I have just never in my life felt like having sex at a hockey game. Like, never. There's not been one point in my life where I've been like, you know what? I'm going to fuck in here. No, like, is that just me? Because apparently hockey arenas are the new place to get down. He was definitely having sex, right? Yes. <laughs> like, the the up-close video that was like, they were just dancing, I was like, this is more incriminating. Yeah, like that, like you're telling me that's just dancing, I'm sorry, but. Dancing looks like a no. lot more fun than like going to prom <laughs> was. Like prom would have been a lot cooler if that's what dancing was. Oh my god. What a what a bizarre what bizarre fucking, day in the NHL. What a world we live in. Yeah. It was just like one two three things in a row happened and it was just like the NHL needs to go to horny jail. The whole thing, just <laughs> horny jail. Send them all because I there was something else that happened. Oh, in in the Buffalo Sabres game, there was a guy that was literally like chatting with a sex bot and someone caught him on his phone oh yeah i remember um, that that was a thing and then i oh someone tried to throw a baby over the yeah <laughs> yeah the, i mean the, the moral of this story is like just don't take videos of other people or take as many videos as, as you want and just laugh at them <laughs> yeah i mean i i like to go with the former like let people live and don't put them on camera if they don't know but if you're fucking in the Florida Panthers arena, you're gonna you're you're gonna be caught. You know, I think I Roberto really... Luongo's right next to you, bro. 
I really think that it says a lot about how far the Florida Panthers have, have come as an organization uh, that no one is making the joke. Did you laugh at come there, Steph? Is that what you were laughing at? Sure did. Okay. Sure did. I think Beautiful. it says a lot about like how good the Panthers are that no one is making the very obvious, hey, you want a nice, intimate, private spot to take your partner? Try the Florida Panthers arena. Like, they're so good. Like, obviously, I just did it. But, like, they're so good, I'm not going to tweet it out. Like, they're one of the, they're maybe the best team in fucking hockey. I'm not bringing that down on me. Like, the Flyers arena should be empty. The people there should be going to fuck. There ain't nothing going on on the ice. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was so happy, though, that we got Roberto Lalongo breaking his Twitter hiatus to comment on that. Because I didn't think that, number one, I didn't think he'd be allowed to because he's now special advisor. Like, he's not just like a random retired dude. He's special advisor to the GM in Florida. So, like, he's employed by the Panthers. I didn't think they were going to let him tweet on something that, like, not really, but I can see how, like, a stuck-up NHL organization would think this is embarrassing for them. Also, I just thought, like, Lalongo might be done with this whole Twitter thing. And then the legend returns, and it was like, Bobby Lou, you're back. I love it. I love and, like, it. it's just maybe perfect. a stuck-up organization, but we got to remember, this is Florida. Yeah, this like, is Florida. People it, it having is Florida. Florida. We yeah. had a Florida man sighted. People having, people having sex in public in Florida is like, you know, any random day. It's like seeing someone eat a cheesesteak in Philly. Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> pretty much. All right. Um, I I did see a whole lot of Florida is, is working real hard to put butts in seats, but like she wasn't in a seat. Not in the seat. Not in the seat. Not Definitely in the seat. not in the they seat. Not in the seat. <laughs> they there were plenty of seats around them, but they they were they That's, were not in seats. They were in an aisle and stair case situation were they the only ones in that in that box in that suite uh i think they had like security but looks like it yeah because they were there were a couple guys like big guys just like standing on the periphery which i would assume is security because they were on the periphery which is where the up close video came from is my guess all right i mean we don't really need to zapruder this thing it's hilarious either way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's so much analysis. That I, you I can just make think here. it's 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 funny. In in the I always say like when people say like outdoor games get played out, I'm like there's 32 de- 32 teams. They play 41 home games each. Indoor games are played out. This was a nice break in like the long part of the season. Like we know the February breaks coming up, and they're gonna do whatever they do with it for makeup games or whatever. But this is typically now after the new year, leading up to the deadline. This is the long part of the season. Something fucking funny happened. Like thank God, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I mean. I'm going to have to be editing articles about Long it for part. the rest of the week and making sure that they're not too porny, but like, you know are what? You I've the had poli- to are you going around bonking year? people? Like you're, that's your job? No? I, I'm, I'm supposed to be the one bonking people. Like, hello, you hired the wrong horny police because <sighs> <laughs> I think it's all very funny. <laughs> all right. Um, I said, uh, the Carolina game on what was it Tuesday 
What's today? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. I have absolutely no so idea. Yesterday, Don't ask me about days. Yesterday, we were supposed to... The Philadelphia Flyers were supposed to play the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, not the Panthers. They're a football team. That is team. the team name. The Carolina Hurricanes. We're trying real hard today, gang. Uh, it's, it's really... Um, why? It seems like the Flyers would have had a fuller lineup than they've had in the past couple of games. Why was this postponed? Okay, so... I I made the decision. I had a lot of information on what the hell happened with this postponement. I made the decision instead to write an article that I've been working on for the past four days about Chuck Fletcher's offseason, so I didn't write an article on this. But basically, I think in the end what happened was that everyone sort of acknowledges that that Pittsburgh game last week should have been postponed. And... There is definitely a feeling in the Flyers organization that the only reason why it wasn't postponed is because the game was on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, so, that's that's clear. That's not yeah. even a conspiracy. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So the Flyers have been pushing basically since mid-last week to have their games postponed because they think it's ridiculous that they have to be playing with, like, half their team out. The San Jose game, the reason why that was played was because, number one, the Sharks had a lot of guys out, too. A lot of key guys out too. Number two, well, it's fuck re- it, let's it, play a fake game. It, well, number two, it's really hard to reschedule a game a when West someone East, has to go yeah. all the way across the country. So they were like, "Well, you're already out here. Let's just play the stupid game." So the the Hurricanes game was the first game that came up that there was no like outside reason for them to play it. So I honestly think what this was was the NHL just sort of threw the Flyers a bone and was like, you know what, fine. Because here's the thing. The Flyers still had a lot of guys out. They had four guys on COVID protocol. They have Couturier. They have Ellis. They have Thompson. They have uh, Brown, all hurt. And then they have maybe. Broussard's hurt too. So that's five players injured. And then they have two guys in Drew and Sanheim who, like, could they play? Yeah, they could play. But they shouldn't. Because they're not in condition. They're just coming off the COVID list. They barely practice. And honestly, the Flyers are like, if we throw these guys out there, like they might get hurt. And we prefer that not to happen because, quite frankly, we already have enough guys who are hurt right now. So the Flyers had, what, like 11 guys, I believe, was the number that were either unable to play on Tuesday or would have been severely hampered in their effectiveness and likely would have had a higher chance of injury. And... The NHL finally was just like, all right, it's not going to be that hard for us to reschedule a Flyers-Hurricanes game because the two teams aren't that far away, so let's just postpone the thing. The thing that they really screwed up on, because the NHL obviously can't do anything perfectly, if they were going to do this, and I think they should have. I think that game should have been postponed. I think, honestly, the Flyers should should have been on shutdown for the past week, but of course, it's the NHL, so no. They should have postponed it sooner. Because the Hurricanes actually got screwed here because they had already traveled to Philly. They were in Philly when they found out the game was postponed. They stayed the night thinking, well, we can't play, but at least we'll be able to practice in the morning. And they showed up to the Wells Fargo Center, and the arena had already been repurposed as a basketball arena for the Sixers game, so they couldn't even practice. And then Brendan Moore just started dunking on his whole fucking team. The Canes were livid. They were so mad about how this whole thing played out. I mean, that is so They have a right to be. They have a right to be. The NHL, if if the NHL was going to postpone this game, they should have postponed it Monday. Or they should have postponed it early in the day on Tuesday. Instead, they made the decision at 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. Like, who makes a decision to postpone a game at 10 p.m.? What a shit show. Oh, yeah, poor that, Eric T. 
that whole had to thing. Spend the night in Philadelphia. That whole thing. That whole thing. Uh, it, honestly, if this game is going to get rescheduled for the end of the season, um, I really think they should just hand Carolina the two points. Fuck. <laughs> like that's it's only going to matter for Carolina in the President's Trophy race. Like that's what it's going to be about. So here you go. You get a point and a half. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like this is a pivotal game for the Flyers. None of them are really pivotal games for the Flyers. So, after, I mean, we can cancel the rest of the season, and, and I would be happy. After but. watching Malkin come back and score two goals and add another assist last night, uh, and they are now 14 points up on the Flyers, um, it's over, fam. <laughs> I mean, and this maybe will be a good transition into what we're going to talk about. There was absolutely zero chance— Zero chance that Kale McCarr wasn't scoring some ridiculous goal last night. Like, oh, I, 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 if if I if I was a sports gambler, I would have thrown like two thousand bucks on Kale McCarr scoring because of course he was going to score after being the personality of the day for Flyers Twitter. There was no way he wasn't going to score some crazy goal to make people even more mad. It just and also and also he's on pace for like forty five goals he usually scores that's true he scores a lot <laughs> like he's going uh a defenseman has scored forty goals in a season three times twice Paul Coffey, once Bobby Orr yeah Cal McCarr's gonna do it and he's already missed some games um it it's it's unbelievable and that was Charlie you're a real pro here it's hey, a yo. great it's a great transition into uh what we're gonna talk about next. The Bob Clark interview on the Cam and Stricker podcast. Um, we've all heard the clip now. I listened to the whole thing this morning. I believe Steph listened to it last night just because I, I know how this goes. Any one of us could say anything at any time. Like, I want to say, you know, last night's game was only postponed because they're hiding a Keith Yandel positive test. Now, I'm saying that as a joke, but if someone just clipped that part, they would be like, Bill Max thinks he has COVID. No, I don't. I'm just fucking around. Uh, so <laughs> I I wanted to listen to the whole thing to get the full context. context. Yeah, context. He's important. Yeah, so, and it was good. Like, I go out and listen to it. It was cool. Bob Clark, it's not like we hear from him all that often anymore best player in franchise history, was with the organization for a long, long time, has a lot to say. They covered a lot of shit. Uh, but the thing we're all here to talk about, I guess, starts with uh, the Ron Hextall tenure as general manager. And uh, the 2017 draft was the real revelation in this thing. Now, we have long held the belief that it was a two-player draft going into it. It was like... You know, Nolan Patrick was thought to be the number one pick for a long time. Nico Heashier really raised his stock, and then it was like, okay, one or the other. Whoever the Devils don't pick is who the Flyers are going to pick. Well, Clarkie punched some holes in that and said every scout, all of the scouts wanted Kale McCarr, and Ron Hextall basically locked himself in the office and said, I'm taking my guy from my Brandon Wheat Kings and that's how we got stuck with the bum Nolan Patrick instead of the next Bobby Orr. Um, just what, when you first heard all of this, you saw the hoopla, what did you make of it? I mean, at this point... Do you point, want me to go first, yeah, Charlie? I, I can go first. I mean, at this point, okay. like, this has been rumored for a while. It's been reported by a few people for a while. Like, this really wasn't new news, I think, to Flyers fans. It's just everyone's really mad right now. So... 
you throw something like this as a reminder, you know, that, like, oh, God, they could have gotten Kale McCarr, and it comes from someone like Bob Clark, people are going to especially lose their minds. Now, the, the one point I will make here, and this is something that, like, I want to be clear, I'm not, like, this isn't me throwing Bob Clark under the bus, but... Bob Clark does this, from my understanding. Like, he throws things out there that are, like, the gist of it is true. Semi-true. The specifics are a little off. And I'm going to get into some of that. And the specifics here are a little bit off because my understanding of all this, and this is something that we've talked about this on BSH Radio about the fact that, like, there wasn't consensus on on Nolan Patrick and Hextall, that Brandon Weeking's connection, he went off and decided he was picking Nolan Patrick. There wasn't, like... I think the reason why why Clark threw McCarr in there is because obviously everybody's talking about McCarr because he's a superstar. There were scouts that liked McCarr. There were scouts that liked Mira Haskinen. That was my understanding. There wasn't consensus, but like Patrick wasn't the scouts guy, but he was Hextall's guy because of the Brandon Weekings connection, because Hextall thought that they needed a center, and quite frankly, because Nolan Patrick was the consensus pick. And if you're a GM, this is this is an underrated part of this. If you're a GM and you make an outside-the-box pick. Like, we had a draft party where everyone was chanting Nolan Patrick before the pick. If they don't take Nolan Patrick, people are going to lose their minds. Now, I'm not saying that that should influence a GM and the GM shouldn't just take who you know the best player on the board. But if you make a pick like that where you go against consensus and, that and, you're, and, and you're wrong, <laughs> then you're going to be utterly obliterated and get fired. Like, immediately. And obviously, Hexall ended up getting fired anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But, like, there's an element of, like, you know, it's a big risk to go against consensus that much and really, really tick off everyone in the moment because then you damn well better be right. And great GMs do it, and they're rewarded for it. But, like, there is an element of Patrick was the easy pick because everyone wanted Nolan Patrick. So that, I'm sure, played into it to a degree. So with Clark, like... The, the information, like, I believe in the in the podcast, he says, like, McCarr was taken right after Nolan Patrick. Like, he wasn't. He was taken fourth. Mira Haskin was taken third. So, like, all the details, the specifics, I don't think were entirely accurate. That said, the gist of what Clark said was true in that there's been enough out there to believe that, yeah, a lot of scouts in that room did not want Nolan Patrick, and Ron Hextall wanted Nolan Patrick, and obviously it didn't work out. So my first impression when I saw this was that it was – just under a stroke of of genius from a PR perspective because Bobby Clark, Philadelphia Flyers icon, goes on to this podcast and completely diverts attention away from the failing Flyers organization right now and uses that uses the energy and the rage and is like, the reason that they're bad right now is because of that guy. Let's all be mad at that guy and his decisions that he made with guys that are no longer here. If Nolan Patrick had panned out, this would not be a conversation. If Ron Hextall wasn't an asshole, this would not be a conversation. And if the Flyers were good right now, this would not be a conversation. So it was it was threefold. Now I'm not discounting anything he said. Even if even if that- even if Patrick, say Patrick's a bust, but Ryan Ellis is healthy and to your point the team is good, are we still this mad? I like Kale McCarr having a season in which I think like he's a dark horse for actual MVP. Oh now he probably can't win it, 
But, like, if the Flyers are good and the Ryan Ellis trade and everything is fine, are people even this mad? Well, no, because and I think <laughs> the key point here is that if the Flyers are good, then Bob Clark isn't this mad. Like, I don't... Look, y'all just cut me off, and I was not done with no, I any to of my points. Expand point. on your point. I was asking okay, you the expand question. Expand on your point, Steph. I didn't ask a question. I was asking you a question based on your point. Go on. Fucking fucking men. <laughs> um, no, so I think that it's important to to take all of this with a grain of salt and like a normal grain of salt, not a very large one, but Bobby Clark is on the team's payroll. He is an executive with the team. Dave Scott is his boss. Like, let us remember that. And I'm not saying that... Uh, no, I, I, I'm not saying that he was instructed to go onto this show and say these things. I just think it's important to keep in mind where his allegiances lie, and that's probably with who is paying his paycheck. And not even about... It's just like... You listen to the interview all the way through. The entire, the theme of it is Bob Clark loves the Philadelphia Flyers. It doesn't matter yep. who's in charge. Yeah. If he if he wasn't getting paid for them by them, he is all about the orange and black. He wore that C. He wore that uniform. He did so with pride. His entire life was about what's best for the team. He said he wasn't ready to stop playing. And they're like, we want you to be the GM. He was like, well, I'm going to keep playing. And they were like, well, it's good for the team. He said, like, they tried, they made him a player coach. And he was like, I don't want to do that. That's an awful idea. And Pat Quinn told him it's good for the team. And he was like, well, fuck, then okay, I'll do it. It's a horrible idea, but I'll do it. <laughs> and, like, that's like that's the theme here. Bob Clark is always looking out for the Philadelphia Flyers. And, like, I don't want to defend Ron Hextall at all. Like, Again, not for a like, second of my life. Fuck Ron Hextall. Do not get me wrong. He is a defector who royally screwed this organization. He is Blood now the traitor. like. Uh, but let's not pretend Clark isn't carrying a torch a bit here for the good old boys network. Like he mentioned how how Ron Hextall locked out the uh, the alumni and alienated everybody. And this is part of his problem. It's not untrue. But like there is a, an element of. You know, the old boys did not like Ron Hextall running things. And um, I don't know. L let's let's also. Right. And, and, and the current the current Flyers organization has spent a lot of money making sure that the alumni are treated better than what Ron Hextall treated them. Like they have this whole new alumni lounge and blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I think that. You know, it was strategy, and I think that it was smart, and we all played into it yesterday. I absolutely did, and, and I think we all made comments about it at some point. So it worked, which is even more impressive. It worked. So That's I'm, it. So I, I'm I, gonna... I, enjoy, I enjoy some good strategy. So I'm going to disagree with Steph, mostly. I don't. Yep. Th I honestly don't think this was strategy. I think there's an element of it because, and I don't think it's it's related to the Flyers. I think the strategy element is related, and this is something that Elliot Friedman brought up in Thirty Two Thoughts, and this is something that I, I was the, one of the first things that popped in my head when it happened. I think the strategy is related to Chuck Fletcher because 
Bob Clark was the one who pushed for Chuck Fletcher to be hired after Hextall got fired. He was very much in Fletcher's corner. I imagine he's still in Fletcher's corner. He was the guy who gave Chuck Fletcher his first job in hockey when he was the GM of the Florida Panthers. Yeah. They go way back. And my guess is that right now there's a lot of debate in the organization from Comcast to the front office to everything as to what direction the Flyers are going to take next. And my guess, my assumption, is that Bob Clark in these debates, because he's very much, I'm sure, in these debates. I mean, yeah, he's basically retired, but, like, he's still a guy who's moving things along in the organization because he's Bob friggin' Clark. And my guess is that when when his input is asked for, he has the back of Chuck Fletcher, whether it's going to be we're going to keep push him this is just a bad luck year we're gonna keep trying to win now or if it's we got to rebuild I suspect that he's probably saying Chuck Fletcher's the guy who should do this he should stay in charge he should stay the GM so I think that these conversations this argument this line of thinking from from Clark that like honestly this is all Hextall's fault is probably something that he said to a bunch of people over the last couple weeks in defense of Fletcher and he goes on he goes on this show I mean, the first hour of the interview had nothing to do with Hextall. That's why, yeah. that's why I don't think that like this was like some super calculated like I'm going to go on this show and throw Hexy under the bus. But I think what happened. No, 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 no. But I think what happened I, was I that, don't think that then that it got, it was, yeah, then that it got it was brought like up. Nefarious. Yeah. I think that when he was speaking, I don't think that it was planned. But when he was speaking, I think that he was very careful to push the narrative back to. This isn't the the right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, and, I believe, and, and that's all that yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that he wasn't being genuine. It was just I think he was very careful and very particular in what he said and how it drew attention away from the right. Yeah, now. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's an element like he knew when he started talking and started going off on Hexel, like he knew this was going to drop a bomb. Like everyone's going to be oh, like, yeah. "Holy shit!" And he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going anyway." I just don't think that, like, he necessarily went on that podcast thinking, I'm going to drop a bomb. He just, he got riled up. They started asking him about Hextall, and he's like, you know what, screw it. I've been saying this for weeks now in internal conversations. I'm just going to rip this guy because I think he's the reason. Like, I'm sure Bob Clark is really ticked off that the Flyers stink, just like fans are yeah. really ticked off that the Flyers stink. Of course he is. And, and somebody gave him a platform to explain why he thinks the Flyers stink. And clearly the reason why he thinks the Flyers stink is he thinks Ron Hextall did a crappy job. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to say that I think Ron Hextall did a crappy job. And I think that's what happened. I think he just got going. I think at one point in the podcast, he basically is like, I should shut up now. Like, I think on some level, like, he knew he probably went too far, but he's like, screw it. I'm rolling. It's like the, the speech. <laughs> I'm going all in. Yeah, it's like the speech in um in a in Animal House. He's like Germans. <laughs> oh, Fucking, he's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, he's rolling. Uh, no, but like Bob Clark, we know what kind of guy Bobby Clark is. Like he's an emotional dude. He had a press yeah. conference to rip the C off of Eric Lindros's jersey. <laughs> like in because I wanted to because I will say while I agree with everything, again, I agree with everything Bobby Clark said, and I hope it's all true. Like, one, Bobby Clark ripping someone else's draft record is hilarious to me. And, like, let us not forget, Bob Clark, his post-salary cap accomplishments include, yeah, let's build a defense around Darian Hatcher, uh, Mike Ratchie, and Chris Tarian. And then he gave us, but, like, you know... 
that's the Bob Clark we're talking about. Let's let's not forget he wasn't the most successful GM pre uh, salary cap. He was excellent, uh, but I will say he gave us this awesome quote about the Ryan Kessler offer sheet that I just had to read because I was just doing some stuff, uh, and I have to read it. I don't give a shit if nobody likes me. I could care less. But they shouldn't be getting mad at me. I didn't put the offer sheet rule in the collective bargaining agreement. If they're mad, they should call Gary Bettman and complain to him. Get mad at Gary Bettman. He's in charge of the rules, not me. I didn't realize there were some rules we're not allowed to use. That's fucking awesome because we've been saying (laughs) that about offer sheets forever. And Bob Clark straight up said it on TSN. Uh, That's just really cool. Uh, Oh, God. Clarky. Love that energy. Clarky also said, Hextall should have never fired Craig Berube. Um, listen. That was such an old boys network. Yeah, like, Berube went on to have success, and he got better in his second job. He also had a goalie get real hot. He had Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and Alex Petrangelo, things he did not have here. But, like, he's the guy who said Sean Couturier should score more, even though I never play him on offense. Like that was that was something Craig Berube said. He was he was the guy who was like, no, more Zach Ronaldo, more Zach Ronaldo. You know, these are things that happened under Craig Berube. He didn't do a very good job. He didn't have a good team, but th- these are things that happened here. You know, that was an interesting part of it. You know, not a lot of people. He talk just kind of breezed well, by well, that well, no. part. Well, no, it was it was the least juicy thing he said. Yeah, but I think in a way it was kind of telling. Because yep. we've heard so much about how Hextall alienated the, you know, alienated the alumni. You know, he was insular and he burned bridges. I, hearing that, the first thing that popped in my head was that I wonder if that's how it started. Was that yep. that was that was Same. the moment when the alumni turned on Hextall because it was like you had an alum coaching the team who's a good dude who everyone likes and you fired him because you wanted your own guy but like Baruby was your own guy because we're all former flyers and you fired your own guy like I think Hextall's viewpoint was like I want to bring in my own coach and I suspect the alumni looked at it as like how can you not view Craig Baruby as your own coach you're we're all flyers alum he was your guy stick with him uh, and this is something I thought of while listening to this. Like, the the alienate the alumni thing, that's been out there for a while. If Ron Hextall had the same career for literally any other team and was thought of the same around the league uh, as he was prior to being hired as the general manager by the Philadelphia Flyers, if he was the assistant GM of the Kings but had never been a Flyer, does he get this opportunity? The opportunity to be the, to be the, the Flyers, Flyers GM. No. Absolutely think, not, right? I, I think that there was... No, I, mean, I mean, granted, like, he was, if you remember, Ron Hexel was viewed as a highly, GM prospect. Highly thought of. I'm yes. not, I'm not yes, taking but, away from his resume or anything. I'm just no, saying this I, opportunity here in Philly never fucking happens. I, and I he agree. didn't view himself that way. Yeah. I think that they... Ed Snyder and and Paul Holmgren at the time, because they were the ones who brought Hextall in. We joked they sent him to college. Well, they looked at it as, you know, this is perfect. He's the top GM prospect, and he's a flyer. Yeah. And I think you're right that Hextall didn't view himself really as a flyer anymore. He just viewed himself as the top GM prospect. Yeah, and if he's not a—but, like, 
We, and we all told, we called it for years out. Like, he's going to be the GM of this team one day. And it was yep. always like, oh, yeah, the Flyers sent him to college in L.A. And he'll be back home and, like, he'll run the family business. And he never looked at it that way. Like, he yep. was just that, I'm the GM. Like, no, man, you're the fucking guy who jumped Chris Chelios. That's why we want you. Fuck yeah. your resume. And that's yeah. why we yeah. like you. Yes, that's why we like being him. that guy. We don't like you anymore. Yeah, yeah because if, if you if you go back and you listen to the podcast, like, the whole, one of the interesting things was that the whole reason why they got talking about Hextall in the first place on that podcast talking was about him as a player. Clark, Clark was praising him as a player and basically being yep. like, we need more fiery guys like Ron Hextall in that locker room. So, like, they loved Ron Hextall, the player. They loved him. He said his men, after Pelly died and he didn't bring him up, but then they did the following season, his mentality on the ice and at practice raised the level of everybody. Like, he was complimentary of Hextall as a player to no end. Uh, and, of course, like, his, his level of play is what, like, he was crazy about him as a player. And then, like, seriously disappointed in him and his actions as general manager. Uh more to the point of, like, Clarky getting some little things wrong, though. You mentioned the, uh, he said, you know, and then, of course, McCarr goes next. He goes fourth. That's a little thing. That could be anything, though. Um, what He said he's got, like, three or four first-rounders who, who will never play. Other than the germ, who are they? Yeah, the germ, and I guess O'Brien. That was something that I didn't even think of this with all the craziness. But oh, so yeah, I, was on, I always forget and, O'Brien. And, and I'm going to, like, I guess this is going to play as like a humble brag. I was on Sirius XM this morning in an interview, and the, the, the guy, Ooh. I know, right? I, thank you for doing that because Kelly absolutely would have done it. Kelly's um, not here. Kelly, who does to. Sirius regularly, would have done <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> the, uh, the host Scott and Gord brought this up, and I didn't even think of it, but I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a really good point, is that. Bob Clark, as Steph mentioned, is still kind of an employee of the Flyers. And if you're one of those prospects who still is trying to make the NHL and Bob, so hard. And Bob Clark is like, yeah, we got like three first round picks that ain't going to make it. Like if you're Jay O'Brien, <laughs> what are you thinking? You're like, well, shit, I guess they don't think I'm any good. <laughs> I Well, so here's the other piece to that. Um and it's it's the human piece of the story, right? Imagine you're Nolan Patrick, right? And all you're hearing all day, every day for the past four years is that nobody wanted you. That's a fair point. Nobody thought you were good enough. Nobody wanted you. They all think you're a fucking bum right now. Like, that sucks. All right, but, and Charlie, you he have to go. He is a fucking bum. No, but, but I love that. To that him. point. So, like. To that point, the criticize the criticism of him often is he's not competitive enough, and like a great player would take that and show. I'll fucking show you, and I don't think he's that guy, Charlie. You have to go. I, he's also been injured a lot. Like he hasn't really gotten the opportunity. Claude Giroux's been injured a lot. And I, he I plays. passed um, my defend Nolan Patrick with my entire soul phase. But I'm just saying, like he is still a human, and he's been seeing yeah. every day for the past fucking million years. That he sucks and no one wanted he him. Should, like, that sucks. He should be better. Charlie, did you know? I mean, yeah, but it still sucks. Should we take a break? I want to just, because Charlie's got to go, and then we'll take the break, and then we'll come back and answer questions. Real quick, yeah, Chuck. I am I am heading to practice to yeah. do my job. Did you know Bob Clark in 2017 was still this involved in the day-to-day? 
in 2017, yeah. I don't think he was that involved in the day-to-day. Bob Clark How would he back. then know he well, was because, sitting— Because they all talk. He they was sitting talk. two chairs away They're when they traded Braden Shen. Men. He was sitting yeah. two chairs away when they tra- traded Braden Shen, and he knew every scout wanted Kale McCarr. Well, that's the thing. Every scout didn't want Kale McCarr. <laughs> but, right. No, every scout is a couple. No, I mean— there's, there's. It was, absolutely. it was, pro- it was a fair few. It, it, but let's just, also just remember, McCarr wasn't even like the guy. It was Haskinen who was the guy. If there was a guy, I completely forgot to say this. All of these scouts are still hired by the Flyers. So most of them, yeah, they're still around. They're still around. So if we want to be mad about people with bad drafting records, let's um. All right. Uh, well, somebody somebody made this point on Twitter, and I thought it was a fair one. Where it's like everyone was so mad yesterday about all this, which like fair, but in truth, like. You know, one of the things people are screaming about is that the scouts aren't good enough. Well, you know, if, if they were right on this one, maybe they're not that bad. And maybe that was part of the thing that Clarkie was trying to get through was that, you know, hey, our scouts are better than maybe they seem right now if our GM actually listened to them. All right, let's take that break. Charlie's got to run to practice. Me and Steph will be back on the other side. And we're going to answer some of these questions. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Yep. Bye, gang. Bye, Charlie. All right, fam, we are back, and I uh, put out on Twitter the other day, yesterday, I suppose, that we would take some uh, listener questions because, honestly, I'm I'm out of ideas to talk about this team. It's not like they're particularly interesting. Um, they're boring as shit to watch. Nothing really changes with them. They've been the same team for, like, ten years. So, uh, <laughs> what, what's that face there? Bear has been outside the entire time that we're recording, and he he was quiet for a while, so I didn't know where he was, and he just lost his shit completely. It's, uh, I thought, because we had one question, I said the team hasn't changed in 10 years, and we had, I don't even know if it was a question, but someone was like, how, like, should we all take the Steph Driver approach? She's figured she doesn't have to watch the team every night because they've been the same for however long and like it's the exact same analysis and she's dead on every time so i just i thought you were reacting to that but all right yeah let's uh... oh god that is an excellent point and i am very very sorry to say that i do watch every flyers game i'm just exceptionally grumpy about it um there are a couple nights like there was a night last week where I just reached out to Kelly, Kurt and Maddie. I was like, I need to log the fuck off because I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. So I did not watch the Flyers that night. Um, thank you for saying my analysis is spot on because literally nothing has changed with this team for 10 years. It's all the same talking points. Bill and I have been yelling about all of the same things for the entire time that we've been podcasting together, which I feel like is half our lives. <sighs> that's well, how I feel about the Flyers right now. You know very... what I loved? I love New Year's Eve where people would call in and talk to me about not the Flyers. How Let's was that? that? Like, again. you guys, did you did, uh, how long did you do? About four hours. You guys went four hours? Yeah. Holy shit. And, it, like, you had callers and it was a good Maybe time? Maybe it was three. Maybe it was three. But still, it was it was a while. Damn. I mean, you know me. We're the same. You give me 1% and I will run and I will talk to myself for the rest of the time. Like, there was a a long period of time where no one could hear me or I couldn't see any comments and I was just talking to myself. So, uh, we're going to start these questions and we're going to lead it off with a a great one here from at Sauce Boy Kush. What celebrity is most likely to bang in a Flyers luxury suite, assuming they're bored enough to go to a Flyers game in the first place? 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, huh. Flyers game. So we're talking Philadelphia. Like I feel like it would have to be another athlete in town. Like I so let, like who would go like it would have to be Embiid or somebody. I'm trying to oh god. Oh god, you're Or out of curiosity, I'd want it to be Nick Foles. Oh yeah, no, we've got a lot of things Just, that we need to like, scientifically yeah, I, prove. Like how far away is she? <laughs> we need to apply the science. Um I don't have a good answer. Like, my first, like, trashy answer was like, oh, Miley Cyrus. But that's number one. Miley Cyrus would not be caught dead at a Flyers game. Would she get stoned and forget what night her concert was and show up there by accident? I mean, always possible. Yeah, fair. Did you, hold on, time out. Aside, an aside. I meant to tag you in this last night. Did you see that uh, cannabinoids? are helping to prevent the spread of COVID. Yeah, that's... I, Steph, I got COVID in March of 2020, and I've been, like, living my life for the last year and a half, and I'm fine. Yeah. I, um... I am it a uh, frequent recreational user, which Bill is real... I don't know if Bill is outwardly real mad about that I became a stoner <laughs> once I left New Jersey. It's ridiculous. I, I understand. He's been trying to move get to me a to goddamn red state. A deck. It's excuse me. It's a blue state now. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's see that audit. Let's see how true that is. All right. I've um, made two I forget what we were talking about completely. A uh, celebrity to bang at a Flyers game. It would be one of us. Like let's just. Say, it, it would be one of us. But the, um. The mood has not struck me ever in a hockey arena, so... It's so cold. It's so cold. And, like, there's so many people, and everything... The floor is just sticky. It's just gross. Now, the old Spectrum, that would have been a different story. Well, that's a different story, because that was an atmosphere. You're just at Woodstock at that point. Yeah, Uh, that was an atmosphere. I'd like to ask uh, Kelly and anyone else for any good recipes they love to cook. The hot chocolate recipe she shared the other day was divine. We don't have Kelly today. Steph, do you cook yeah. anything? Not lately. <laughs> um, definitely not lately. I have been, with the stress in my life and my family, I've been doing a lot of ordering out. I have found. I, the other day, all I wanted was mozzarella sticks. Like That's the only thing I wanted to eat. And I haven't really had much of an appetite for the past four months. Um, So I was like, all right, well, I want to eat. So let's get these fucking mozzarella sticks. I had two. And I was like, yeah, that's good. Mozzarella sticks are often the most disappointing food to me. Like, a good, everyone has them, and a good one's hard to find. That's fair. That's, no, these were good. I just, you know, my. If you're in the Philadelphia, so, if you're in Philadelphia proper, Broad Street Diner, uh, homemade mozzarella sticks may be the best around. Ooh. Yeah. Is that the one on Broad and South? Uh, a few blocks, a few blocks south of that. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think where it might be. I used to like live there. Now I can't remember the exact cross street. I know you used to yeah. live right there. It's fine. 
As far as recipes, the only thing I can really recommend, because I've made a couple of them in, in a short period of time, is my green bean casserole. I, I uh, season it with mustard powder, um, which gives it a nice little pop. And I also add a lot of cheddar cheese. But I use the three aged cheddar blend. So I've got a, an aged white cheddar and two different aged yellow cheddars um and it's fucking phenomenal i have found the number one freezer pizza maybe in the world uh tell me it's called outsiders uh square deep dish pizza with pepperoni oh man it is as a connoisseur of the freezer pizza outstanding uh ava does all the cooking she doesn't trust me with like you know the kitchen i mean fire yeah I would sure i was a professional also. cook for years but also, I cut myself every single day in the kitchen, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we don't have good pizza down here in Georgia. I've actually found two places that have decent enough pizza that I'm pleased. So I am very interested in this freezer pizza because we have, my brother has an au pair from Colombia. And, like, all she's been, been given recently is, like, little caesar's pizza and my brother's like this is not good pizza please do not keep feeding gabby this pizza so we'll have to get a good one uh we have a we have a hockey question here ew when you look at the flyers organization as a whole from top to bottom what part makes each of you most optimistic for the future and what makes each of you happiest uh i'll go first here law of averages is what makes me optimistic. Eventually, they have to win again, right? Like, right? (laughs) Do they? I I would think, at a certain point. Well, you see, the law of averages would, of course, assume that every chance to win or lose is equal, and that's just not true. Like, eventually, they have to hit on some picks. They have to get lucky. they don't. Uh, You know, it's it's just got to work some point in my lifetime. I'm only 33. Um, all right, so you want me to be optimistic about something. <laughs> or, or not. No, I mean, I like the young guys. A lot of people don't, but I do. Um, you know, I still like TK. I like... Why? I really like Farabee. Um, Hart. You know, the, the, the young kids. I still believe in them. I still think that this team has not actually bottomed out, which I understand sounds like a threat, but it's not meant to be. Um, I just, I don't, don't think that they're as bad as how they've been playing for the last, I can't even count the years. But so that's maybe the, like, I'm at a certain crazy. point, you have to realize that, like, that's, I don't think, I like, looking at this team, again, on paper, I think they're better than this. But they never play better than this. So it's who they are. I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm coming to the same realization that, um, yeah, the, the support that I have for the team is a little bit crazy. Go ahead. Move on. Next question. Uh, what is the time frame for the Flyers to be relevant again if they do a hard reset? Five years? I would say three. Three to, three to five, I think. My, yeah, like, relevant, is- like, 
relevant as, okay, they're a young up-and-coming team in three years, and then, yeah. Contenders in, like, five? You add a true veteran star to a a, a good developing core and become contenders. Yeah, five. Three to five. And, man, do they have another, like, no matter what, their path is that long. They don't... It's not like they no, have any I mean, cap there's space. There's no other option here. There's, I, I know a lot of people are looking for quick fixes for the Flyers. There's not a quick fix. If, they need, if they're going to tear it down, it's going to take a long time. And, like, the players that you love are going to be gone. And, like, these are things that we all need to get comfortable with. And I'm not comfortable with that right now. I don't want a full teardown. I don't think that it's necessary. Um. What do I think is necessary? I don't know. I don't know yet. But this shit ain't working. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm so torn. Like, obviously, it's the smart call for them to just start over, tear everything down, get what you can. But also, I, with you're not going to be able to move on from Kevin Hayes. You're not going to be able to move on from Sean Couturier realistically, and you you don't want to move on from Carter Hart. With those three guys, right. like, you might need to band-aid it for an, another year or two, which really just pushes the timeline back even further. Right, which I, I actually disagree with you when you say that it, the smart thing to do is tear it down and, and start from scratch. I don't think that that's the smart thing to do. I don't think it's a dumb thing to do. I just, I think it's... An option. I just don't think it's the best one. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. Uh, what song... For mo- those of you who have listened to me and Bill over the years, this is the, the least contentious that we've ever been. I just, like... I can, on the post we don't game, have the energy. People keep asking me, like, what should they do? And, like, I don't fucking know. They are in such a shitty spot. They are in a worse spot than they were when Hextall, than when Hextall took over. Because, like... He accumulated all those assets and then misspent them, and now they're up against the cap again with guys signed to long-term deals that they can't get out of. And, like, I I don't know. They have a goalie. That's good. I I know. The the thing with when Ron Hextall came in and took over, there were identifiable steps that he needed to take. And that also happened when Chuck Fletcher came in. There were identifiable steps he needed to take, and he did. Ron didn't. You had a young star in his prime with Claude Giroux, which you no longer have. Like, Claude Giroux's 34. Sean Couturier's 29. Like. I may have lost Bear. (laughs) Is he gone? I hear barking from very far away. Can you actually, can we pause? I don't know if he's still in the yard. Okay. Hold on. So the dog is fine. The dog is fine. Outstanding. My apologies. All right, this one's from uh, this one's from Katie. Uh, what song most accurately reflects the state of the team and or your current mental state regarding this team right now? Um, do you have an answer? I was trying to. Um, God damn. Um, I'm really bad at songs <laughs> and like selecting them for moods. But the first thing that came to mind was break shit. 
Yeah, that like that was the um, first thing that came to. I'm, I just think of uh, Sex Pistols. God save the Queen. No future. Like that's. Like, we're just stuck in this fucking bullshit. Uh, and also from Katie, not hockey related. What's one positive thing in your life right now? My nephews, my my little my little nuggets are eight months old and they have it like they're too young to know that i'm not cool (laughs) so they think that everything i do is hilarious um and they're they're little ginger babies so they're future flyers i know redheaded men just they are eight months old they're babies (laughs) poor i'm just making fun of charlie i they're babies and they're the cutest and the best and they love their aunt Steph. So that's, that's the best thing in my life right now. Yeah. Uh, like Sorry, things man. are, things are good. You know, like a, a bunch of my best friends have kids are having kids. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Ava and I are great. We bought our house last day of July. We're really enjoying having our house and things are, Ooh. things are good. Like I am in a good mental state. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how life was going to work out for me a little a few years ago, but I have like a career and I'm fucking gen- genuinely happy most of the time. It's really only when I'm on post game yelling about the Flyers that I'm like losing my shit about things rather than like constantly losing my shit about things like I was several years ago. Uh, so pretty good shit. Um, huh. Are you confident huh, Fletcher can pull off a rebuild? No. He might. I. I. I don't know. Uh, I, no. I, I think that all GMs are bad. All coaches. Yeah, are like bad. they. Like, like the best GMs, like ones that have won cups, are like, yeah, let me invest in Milan Lucic. Like they all do dumb, stupid shit. <laughs> like y'all last for again three to five years, and then the next dude comes in. Like, who knows? Did you watch Cobra Kai, Steph? No. All right, we can skip that one then. Do you play Wordle? Yes! Alright, I don't know what it is, but we have a question from Keith Johnston. Uh, most important question, particularly for Kelly and Steph. Uh, no Kelly today. What's your go-to first word for Wordle? So that's actually a great question, because we were talking about it in the Broad Street Hockey Slack yesterday. Some people have go-to first words that they try... I'm not one of them. I just use whatever five-letter word pops into my head first that has five separate letters and no repeats. So this morning, Bitch. I used later oh. as my starting word. Um, I have used... Uh... What is this game? All right, so I'm going to show you. Ready? Okay. It's this. Okay. This is today's. So you only get one a day. All right. It's a five-letter word, and you have to, like, you start with the first. And as you can see, the green boxes, that's the correct letter in the correct space. The yellow box, correct letter, wrong space. I've got a weird glare. Can I you see, see better it. Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the grayed-out boxes are letters that are not in the word. So you have to figure out what the word of the day is. That's wild. Should I be playing you this game? You would like it. Be- what was that? Should I be playing this game? You should, and it's just, like, on browser. It's not an app or anything. And some guy made it for his wife and isn't, like, making money from it. So that's cool. We appreciate a comrade. But also fucking get paid if you can. <laughs> yeah, so I, I know that Kurt 
has a word that he uses every day, and I can't remember what it is. I don't remember if Kelly said she uses the same one every day. I feel like Kelly is, is chaotic like me, and it's it's just whatever pops into her head at the moment. I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah, I think you would really like it. It's it's enough that you don't hyperfixate because it's only one a day, but it's it's fun. Interesting. Uh, let's see here. We got a couple on Ristolainen. Uh, what do you think the Flyers can recoup for him? Do you think they should trade him at the deadline, etc.? I mean, trade everyone at the deadline. If you can get any value for any person at the deadline, do it. Anybody with one year left on their deal, they should trade. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that he's proven that he's at least better than what we expected from his years in Buffalo. Like, he is better than what we expected Still not a top two defenseman, but he never was. No, they so, just played him like that in Buffalo, and that's why Buffalo's been right bad because the they have no time. one else. So he's a decent defenseman. He's shown that this year that outside of Buffalo, he can be a decent defenseman. Go and, and get whatever you can for him. I don't care anything. Uh, they ask. There's another quote. Like, would they even if they trade him, take a shot at him then in free agency? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I say don't. I, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said sure, but like he's not—he's twenty-seven. Like he doesn't match their timeline anymore. At the beginning of the season, I thought he did, um, but he doesn't. Uh, for the right price, sign anyone. But I, I just—it's not like he makes a difference in winning or losing. He's just—he's nope. a nice player to have. Yeah. How many more questions do we have? Because I have to pee. Yeah, we can wrap it up after. Uh, Sorry. Any chance of prying Dr. T from Carolina? Probably not. Uh, No, but I would give my entire life to do so. But no, he, he's very happy there. Uh, succession plan. If and when Giroux leaves, there isn't one. They have to start over completely. Um, You know, I, I think that there's... <laughs> there was a joke the other day. I think it was from R. Megan. That Farabee is next in line because he's breaking sticks in, in tunnels? No, I really, I truly believe after they trade Claude Giroux or he lives in free agency, whatever happens, there should not be a captain until someone truly earns it. Like, just putting it on a young guy these last couple of times, say whatever you will, I love Claude Giroux, didn't work. Mike Richards... They wanted him. To, they wanted him to be the captain. He said, "I'm not the captain," and they're like, "Well, yeah, you fucking are." They made a big deal about putting the C on him. Didn't work. I, you know, the Pronger I thing. Don't agree. It was, the Pronger I, thing worked, but it was only like eleven games. Uh, just hold the C. You don't need to have a captain. Put a bunch of A's on guys. They can talk to the referees. Make someone truly earn this captaincy. I don't think that Giroux has, as captain has not worked. I don't think that it has. He just hasn't had any support on oh, ice. Like, I, he can't make people talented. It's out of his control, but what if they don't? I'm just I, saying I, just, I don't think it has failed. I, it hasn't succeeded. No, but I, I think that that's not his fault. I think that's the fault of the people who... Hired him. Where, and this will be the last one. We can wrap it up. Where would you want to see... Sorry, I just... No, I don't. I've got to pee. Yeah. Where do you want to see... Where do you want to see Claude Giroux go? That is a good question. Um, Aruba. (laughs) The man needs a vacation. Give him a beach. Um, in terms of teams, 
Uh, Colorado would be cool because I think that I would really like a Colorado jersey and having it with Giroux on the back would give me a reason to buy one. I agree with that. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I love Colorado, love watching them. Right, well, I hate Colorado, so it's very interesting that I'm saying I want him to go there. I don't think they can win the Stanley Cup. That's fair. They, I don't think that they can either, which is why I hate them. They give up so many goals. Like, they lost 5-4 to Nashville last night. They gave up <laughs> they, they give up 4-5 goals regularly. They have the most talent in the league, but, like, I don't know if you can win in the playoffs this way. In a normal, like... What if they send him to St. Louis with Braden Shen and Craig Berube? Jesus Christ. The gang's all back together! Oh, my That's God. That's it. He's a blues. I, I'm trying, like... Calgary would be cool. Uh, Florida. I, I want him to just go to the best team so he wins. I know. I don't want him in Tampa because I'm sick of Tampa. They just won back-to-back. Go away. I love greatness. I love when teams dominate. Like, it, it raises the bar. Like, I want everyone to try to be as good as Tampa. I don't want you to be the Islanders and just hope to fucking, well, if they don't call us for penalties, we'll win every game. Like, uh, a, a, a glitter Claude Giroux. The Golden Knights are interesting. Uh, they, a, they're a they're going to get Jack Eichel. Robin Lehner at a certain point will be back to, Ro- like, he's got to be better than he's been playing. Um... Wouldn't hate Vegas. That would be very interesting. A glitter? Who else? Who? Um, obviously, Nolan Patrick is there. Oh, God. Uh, what if we trade? What if Nolan Patrick it? was part of the return? I, 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 don't, I can't even react right now. I think my brain just broke. <laughs> I fucking quit. My, if they re- like, my... Like... I don't know if I would love it or hate it. Would, it would definitely be a both the Flyers, I would both love it and hate the it. Flyers, like the content would just be tremendous. To, to Nolan Patrick, there, there are 31 teams in the league. He will never come back. And to the Flyers, oh God, no. and to the Flyers, however many players there are in the league, there's one fewer. Like, <laughs> Listen, that is if, a broken relationship. If the Wells Fargo Center ever burns down... Like, I think Nolan Patrick is the number one suspect. He couldn't figure out. And also, I don't blame him. The fumes of the fucking gasoline would knock him out, and he'd be dead in the parking lot. Who says that's not the desired effect? (laughs) Jesus Christ, Steph. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just saying. I saw, I saw. The day he does anything uh, aggressive against anybody not named Mark Friedman, I'll fucking retire. I saw TikTok last week and it was like funny tattoos for people with unrelenting depression. <laughs> and one of them was a gravestone that said living the dream on it. <laughs> and I just feel like that's a tattoo I would get <laughs> because it's funny. And I feel like that's all I meant by Nolan Patrick burning down the Wells Fargo Center. I just feel like he's one of those guys. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. You know the deal. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And boom! Content, content, content. So much content. And... Uh, what's... What, Steph? What? Yeah, and, like, let us know what you want us to talk about because the Flyers are so miserable right now. Like, just, like, drop us a line. If you want us to keep talking about how miserable this team is, 
We will. We just don't know whether it's an enjoyable experience for you. Steph, based on the Twitter questions, like I thought we were going to get funny, like off the wall Twitter questions. People do want to talk about it. It's all the shit we keep talking about. Like, all right, I'm baffled. We'll keep doing it. Every post game, I'm baffled by how many people want to keep talking about this shit. So we'll keep doing it. Uh, If that's what you want to hear, we will absolutely keep doing it. Uh, But yeah, that's it. All the content you'll ever need uh, for the Flyers. Is right here on the podcast feed, Broad Street Hockey, wherever you find your podcast. Hey, leave us a five-star review. It's a nice thing to do. Um, that's it. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.